0: Hello and welcome back to Behind the Mic with me, David Cotter. On episode 24 of Behind the Mic, my guest is Dave Hartree. Dave is a 25-year-old online fitness coach from Waterford, Ireland. This episode is information-packed and action-packed. We talk about Dave's past and his younger years and how he always felt slightly different due to his being mixed, mixed race to how he dealt with his mother's cancer diagnosis during his leaving Cert year. Fast forward some years in his early 20s, he's making a name for himself in the fitness industry, managing one of Ireland's biggest gyms, starting his own business, training with his bodybuilding idols and mentors, and venturing into this world so new and very fast. Being a serious bodybuilder comes with requirements, and to be the best, you have to do what the best are doing, and more. This includes taking steroids. Dave began using steroids to aid his budding career as a bodybuilder, but things for him went downhill. They went downhill badly and they went downhill relatively quick. After a period of being lost mentally and physically due to the negative effects of taking steroids, Dave decided to share his experience. Not to encourage or discourage, but to educate and inform people about his negative experience while using steroids. His story has travelled very far. It even came up on on a recent episode of the Joe Rogan Podcast and disclaimer. Neither of us are medical doctors and we are not in a position to give medical advice. We speak about this topic on the show from a place of curiosity and intrigue. Our conversation and discussion should not be used to help you decide whether or not to use these substances. You need to talk to a professional before you venture into these kind of um, this realm. I hope you enjoyed this episode and it certainly won't be the last time Dave is behind the mic. We both decided after the episode had finished recording that we could have went on for another hour at the very least. Um, so in the new year, we'll definitely see him on again, okay? So without further ado, episode 24 of Behind the Mic. Here we go. Dave, great to have you on, lad. How are you keeping?
1: All good, man. Thank you so much for, for having me on today. Looking forward to the chat.
0: No problem, no problem. I was actually, like I was saying there to you earlier, like... um there's there's a fucking and a mountain of stuff um that I want to get through with you like because you've really been to, I suppose, the depths of the fitness industry, and now you're building yourself back up and you're kind of on your redemption road, I suppose. Um, so it's it's great for I suppose because for young people that are going to listen to this, because I know there is some younger people that listen to this <clears> and are starting out in fitness or in anything in life. Um I think there's going to be a lot of nuggets of information for them to get from this and from you. And um looking forward to where we're going to go. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Um. So I suppose starting off, Dave, when, do, do you want to tell people kind of um a bit about yourself first and then we I can throw some questions at you, yeah?
1: Of course, man. Of course. So kind of going back to, I suppose, when my fitness journey started, I'd done sports and recreation in WIT. Now, I was... One of like those students who, you know, just went in, just went out every week, like was missing lectures. I was a really bad student, to be honest with you. um, And but always had that kind of like good people skills, you know what I mean? Very outgoing stuff like that I was a social person. um. So college wasn't really. It was just kind of a fun time for me, to be honest. And then when I came out of college, then I was very lucky. I started working in Bendon Gym in Waterford, which at the time was the, the biggest gym in, in Waterford. And um, yeah, so started working there within a year. I was 20 when I started working there. When I was 21, then I was after making my way up to being the manager. And that was all going great. You know, I was like, you know, 21 years old. I have a great job here, making good money. Um, and I was like, right, I'm, I'm, I'm set. And then... Of course, COVID hit and threw everything up in the air, um, which is when I kind of, when I got to that point, it was really kind of low point in in my life. That was the first time I kind of had an experience with kind of like depression, mental health issues and stuff, because I felt very, very lost around that time. And um, I just gone through a breakup as well around a similar time. So it was a, that was the first time I kind of felt like I was at rock bottom and from then, then just kind of used that to propel me into the next stage of my life, which was starting the online coaching. At the time, I had been kind of, I gone, I'd, I'd, kind of started going down the bodybuilding route, but I wasn't like crazy into it at that stage. Like I was taking it seriously, but it got a lot more serious down the line, and yeah, just kind of went from there. Um, you know, that took off very, very quick. Um, myself and my old business partner, and um, we had a, a business together, and. That was doing very, very well. We went from like zero clients to over a hundred clients in the space of like two months, which is mm. kind of un- unheard of. Like you know what I mean. But it was we went down a route of as I said, we had a business mentor, and it was very salesy. So I decided to strip that right back. We came, we came, we took a big hit on like kind of income and stuff like that, but built the business back up how we wanted to, how we wanted it to be, and from then started kind of going. On and it was very much orientated around bodybuilding. We were getting a very like kind of high standard athletes for our level at the time kind of coming on to us and built it up from there. Um, and then the bodybuilding the bodybuilding journey just kind of kept going and it, it just kept accelerating. It was not slowing down. Like I was progressing really fast, you know, kind of starting getting noticed by kind of higher profile people and um, was doing all this through lockdown. Business was going well and everything. And um, we got to the third lockdown then and I was training out of garage there. And I decided that the w- when it got announced, the gyms in the UK were opening seven weeks before Ireland. So I made the decision to just go over there by myself. I had a girlfriend at the time. She stayed here, just kind of went off. It was something I kind of needed to do, but went over to my old coach at the time. Um, Him and his partner are both IFBB Pro Bodybuilders. So I was training with them full time, which to me, man, was like a dream come true. Like, the, you know, these people who I, you'd be like looking up to, they were like my idols in the industry. Best way I describe it to people, anyone who's not in bodybuilding is like, imagine you are a diehard man united fan like love soccer all your life and then all of a sudden you're going over training with the team going for coffee with them going for food with them and mm. and all that so um yeah i i started my prep when i was over there for my bodybuilding show and when i came back then i the prep was continuing on but There was so much going on with my skin and, you know, I had a a really bad reaction to steroids, was kind of sucking that up, had been working for three years prepping for this show and um, ended up having to pull out of it eight weeks out. There was some, I was having like mental health issues, the stuff with my skin. And then since then, bro, that was, that was, geez, nearly a year and a half ago now at this stage. And and it's just been kind of trying to rebuild myself as, as a normal person again and, kind of trying to become more connected with my friends and my family and stuff that I would have become very disconnected with on that journey and uh, yeah it's kind of brought me up to, to this point I'm at now.
0: Okay um, so I, I want to take you back to when you were maybe 14, 15 and you were probably cutting your teeth were you like you grew up in Cork were you playing sports or were you lifting from a young age or what, what was your kind of focus when you were a young lad in Cork like?
1: Yeah, I, I'm from Waterford. I grew up oh, in I Waterford. Oh, I thought you were from Cork, sorry. No, no. Um, yeah, so in Waterford, like 14, 15, um, I was always big into Gaelic football. That was kind of my thing. Um, I've always had an interest in kind of like fighting sports, but I went anytime I went to go deal with them, they were like, you need to, either need to commit to one or the other. Do you know what I mean? So Gaelic was my thing at the time. I'd done that up until... Freshers in college. And mm-hmm. then that's kind of when I started going down the bodybuilding route. Now I did start in the gym quite early, like 15. I when I started going to the gym, I there was this fella Paul Paul Leonard and um, from Tremor, he kind of took me under his wing. And no one was going to the gym at the time. You know, like I was getting the piss taken out of me. You know, when you're young, all the young yeah. fellas are like, Oh, you go gym, lad. Um, or if you're taking protein, it's like you're you're taking steroids. steroids what I yeah, mean. yeah. So um yeah, it's like I had to put up with all that, but it was very much like on and off. Yeah. Then when I went to college, dropped off completely. It was mm. just kind of session and playing football and stuff like that. And it was only when I started working and bent on again. that That's when I kind of started taking weightlifting seriously. So it was kind of from the age of about 20 onwards. And um, yeah, that's when I got serious into it.
0: Oh, yeah. That's funny that you mentioned about the, the protein and the, the steroids, like because I was... um. Like my, my younger brother, he's he's massive into like um water sports and stuff like that, but he, he exercises so much, but he doesn't really like, I suppose, you know, um, eat properly or fuel his body properly. Like he he does to an extent, but like he could be doing a lot more for himself, you know, like um, mm. supplementing with protein and other supplements. But he's so like, you know, no, I wouldn't take him. But like I was telling my parents, I was like, you know, he needs to like, you know, be getting more protein into his body and stuff, you know, because they Would make serious gains to his actual performance as well, you know, because um, you know, I suppose little tweaks to his training and like his body like could even grow better for the sport. But he he was living off Muju for about five years, like thinking that, that yeah. was that was enough to suffice. Like, and um I I was saying it to the parents just about, I'd say can't be more than two months ago, like you know, you, you know, just if he's against it, like just fucking get him, get him a a, a fucking box or a bag of protein, you know, from my protein or somewhere like just get him a fucking thing. And my mother was like to me, she was like, is that legal? Is it legal? I was like, yeah, <laughs> man, it's like it's pretty it's pretty legal. It's literally just like um, a byproduct of milk. It's like, uh, yeah, yeah. I was like, it's really, really it's not that bad at all. It is literally you get the same thing when you drink a fucking glass of milk, only it's not as concentrated or as protein rich. And she was like, "Okay, okay, okay." And I sent her on a link, like, you know, to a couple of different ones and she got them anyway. But like, it's funny, like, because even in the last five or six years, I mean, protein, protein shakes and stuff, they're around for probably 20, 30 years. Like, but it's only the last 10 years that you see, I suppose, even probably the last five or six years. Maybe when? coming into like everyday life and stuff coming in and you see like people that are actually like myself you know that might just uh run two or three times a week and then do um a couple of strength conditioning or you know uh, Mm. sessions in the gym you know taking it whereas before that would have been like what the hell is he taking it for you know but it's like i suppose people's um are way more cognizant on nutrition and its benefits like you know even if you're not bodybuilding or you know
1: yeah the power of social media man there's so much more education out there now even if you're not into it because like before if you weren't into if you weren't into fitness like you're not going to go reading forums on on you know fitness and stuff like that it's just kind of whatever you see on your phone but it's so so with like how it's gone how the industry has gone with like online coaching and stuff like that it's like information in your face all day every day because that's how you need to sell yourself as an online coach
0: yeah and i suppose as well like like what I've noticed with especially like the likes of TikTok now and YouTube shorts and things like that, like it's probably where I get most of my information now and where I'm informed, you know, most because, you know, and then what you realize once you start spending a bit more time on, on something on them channels, that's all you see. Like, you know, I go through stages of trying not to watch a certain type of video because, you know, for a stage there I was just getting fucking videos of soccer matches and stuff like that. And I notice at the moment it's all just like, Fucking World Cup and messy videos, you know, like mm. and you know. Then I went through a stage of like I was never into bodybuilding or I never have been, but I was, you know, I'm really interested in watching because like these guys are fucking, you know, um, and I don't mean it as an insult, but they're freaks, like you know, the fucking mm. size of them, like, um, and uh, you know, you go through videos out of just like sheer awe of what they're doing, like you know, and then they'd show up and I'd be like, oh god, I don't want to watch this anymore. I've, you know, I've got my fucking months worth of of, of screen time watching them um but like that's kind of a problem too because it's hard to decipher in what's good information and what's not good information because you're you're hearing conflicting um reports you know because one minute even now you'll see like fucking uh what's his name fucking liver king carnivore md and then you'll see another guy saying a vegan diet is good or a keto diet you know and you're just bombarded with fucking information flat out and for a young person who isn't probably trained or not even trained but isn't wise enough to decipher that like take everything with a pinch of salt and maybe Mm. take a bit out of all of their books um it's a fucking hard place to navigate like isn't it
1: it is it is and especially with how social media has gone now say like when i was first got into the online coaching it was mainly like long-form content so like you know i was putting out igtvs like from five minutes to 20 minutes long like you know what i mean whereas now it's like quick, snappy 15-second videos, like, and it's very hard to, to decipher who knows their stuff and who doesn't know their stuff when when it's like that, you know, because anyone can get in great shape. And I think that's kind of the way TikTok is after pushing everything. And even like Instagram now is like, if you put up long form content or even talking on your stories, like my engagement gets hit hard. Like they just want these quick, snappy reels, like kind of going up with some catchy music in the background. It, it can be a lot harder to get your information across, you know,
0: yeah yeah i definitely noticed that as well when i'm making shorts or things like that and you look at the and it like it's so fucking um dependent on the type of music you put with it and Mm. the the actual like genuinely people way prefer hearing something negative like on your story or you know something that you know maybe um you made a mistake with or something like that rarely will you say something that's actually like you know good or something like that and people you know or it'll do well on social media it's all like oh you know um, i'm a recovering alcoholic or you know you know it's just (laughs) like it's like they're the things that like fucking um do really well like aren't they
1: sure look at my tiktok man it just absolutely took off out of nowhere from like just because what happened to me was was so fucked up like you know what i mean yeah
0: yeah Um,
1: but yeah that's kind of what people love like they as you said they're attracted to negativity
0: yeah yeah and it's um like you, yours is a very, very fucking um, unique case, and we'll get on to that in a minute. But I want to ask you about um and um, about your college or about mm-hmm. uni- or WIT. So you were, did you did you pick sports and recreation um because you wanted to do it, or were you just like fuck it? Everyone's going to college. I'm just going to pick something here now and so, fucking s- have a two-year yes. holiday.
1: So man, this was kind of my first um. The first time in my life, I kind of had my eyes open to everything. I'm a firm believer everything happens for a reason. And this this was my first experience with that. So from when I was in third year, I think, I wanted to do exercise and health, which mm. was the step up from, from sports and recreation. And, like, you know, the requirements for that were, like, way less than what I wanted um, or than what I was expecting to get and stuff. So I was like, Grant, this will be easy. And um, So I went on, done... Uh, fifth year, still wanted to do it. Coming into sixth year, and then the year I was in sixth year, my mom was diagnosed with cancer, and so like leaving certain year, like it it just threw me off completely, and I was barely going into school. It like it hit me really hard, and I ended up getting bang on the points for exercise and health, but I didn't have the the requirements, you know, the certain amount to see see whatever's or yeah. whatever, and oh my god, man, I was I was heartbroken you know because i had i had it in my head i was doing that for kind of like years Mm -hmm. and then it got to the last day of like you know when you have to accept your course or not i was going between repeating sixth year or going doing a uh what are they called the the plc Mm. and then going into exercise and health or whatever and i was just like my head was just so gone after the year i was like no i'm just i'm just gonna go with the sport and wreck and ended up getting into it man Absolutely loved it. Like my, my best friends from college that I made, like literally in my first two weeks in college are still my best friends now. And it was just, it, it all just worked out, you know? Yeah. Um, And as I said, that was kind of my first, there's been a lot of times like that where, where stuff hasn't gone the way I wanted it to go. And there has been like a big spanner thrown in the works, but you adapt. And like mm. for anyone who is listening, like who you're going to go through something similar at the same time. And it, when it feels like you're, when it feels like the world is ending and you're at that kind of like rock bottom and you don't know where to go, like you do, you adapt and new things come up and where one door opens 10 more, or where one door closes, 10 more is going to open and you literally just don't know what what's around the corner like my whole life i kind of had it planned out you know I knew, I knew where i wanted to go i had like at one stage i had like a 10 15 year plan when i was doing bodybuilding like
0: yeah.
1: and uh right up until i was like 35 i kind of knew step by step on what i wanted to do and this is the first time in my life now i'm just kind of going with the flow because taking it taking know,
0: it month by month year by year like rather than a, a macro timeline
1: yeah exactly yeah, yeah, man yeah, exactly yeah.
0: yeah it's 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 um I went. Geez, I didn't know that about your 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 mother. Um, hopefully everything's all right. But I remember yeah. when I was in Leaving Cert, actually, a girl a girl that I was friends with, her mother actually died of cancer, um, during, not during the Leaving Cert exams, but you know during the year. And oh my God, like, I actually don't know. Like, i I actually don't think I've ever seen someone be so strong because I actually remember going to the funeral and like she came into school. I'd say probably. Three or four days later, man, it was it was mad, and I take my hat off to anyone that can pull their shit together and go through something like that so bravely. Like because you really like, there's probably more stories like that, or you know, someone in their family being sick that no one knows about, like, and you know, to fucking go through that stuff and then pull your shit together and actually get the job done at the end of the day, whether it's by an inch or by a mile, it's fucking very commendable. To be honest,
1: yeah, but like. Man, things like grief and those kind of hard times, whether it's like a breakup or someone dying or something like that, it's so character building. Like I don't think anyone who goes through something extreme like that, you're not going to come out of it the other side. Now, at the end, like kind of what I have learned from these situations over the years is, it really is a choice on how you handle that situation. You know what I mean? If you kind mm-hmm. of sit back and you know feel sorry about yourself and and just kind of sit back and expect the world around you to change like it doesn't go that way but yeah that that like times like that that's when the most kind of personal development can happen
0: yeah i actually thinking of a a quote there now as well like love them or hate them, the two tate brothers like you know i was i was watching up there the other day and there were they were reading out like some fellow i don't know tweeted him or emailed him you know i think your man said um my my mother died some couple of years ago and my father is dying now you know what can I do and the two boys just like looked at each other and they were like well what can you do you have to you have to get on with it without being blunt they were like mm. you have to get on with what are choice of you you know are you going to just live the rest of your life are you going to kill yourself are you like how are you going to react it like you know what there is only one correct way to react to it and that's to take it on the chin well obviously you know you'll go through grief and stuff like that you have you'll to go through yeah. all the natural things but you have to react to it. You can't not react to it and you can't let it kill you forever. You know? Um, yeah. But yeah, love or hate. them, there, there was a bit of a, a nugget of knowledge there. Like, it's like you have I, to react to these things and you have to figure out your own way to react to them and move forward. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: think the, t- the two, the two lads, like they have a lot of valuable information to, to give out that is very, very useful to people. And, um, like it is blunt sometimes, but, You have to be blunt, like. Mm Now I don't agree with everything they say or whatever, but like sometimes when people are going through hard times, like you do, just kind of need to be told, man up, like. Yeah. And like you have to, like as you said, life goes on, and you have to deal with it, you know. And as I said, just kind of sitting back and waiting for everything around you to change, like it's just gonna prolong how long you are in that hole for
0: yeah and there's like like you said it there like um a lot of people get fucking chastised online like if if they're heard saying man up you know deal with your problems you know because like everyone has everyone has some some level of demons whether they know it or not or or whether anyone else knows it or not and um it's it's almost like people are encouraged to be um weak and to to not accept it almost you know and there's like like there's nothing wrong with talking to someone you're close to about your problems there's nothing wrong with airing your problems but there is a problem with not addressing the problem you know and that's kind of where i suppose the whole man up thing is kind of misconstrued and i agree with you like i i'm 100 in agreement it's like man up get your shit together because outside of yourself no one gives a fuck what you're going yeah. to really and it's like there's only one person consorting—that's you, you know, like or me or you know whoever the problem is with. Exactly, and man, like the
1: the biggest lesson I have taken from 2022, and I suppose it's kind of a a nicer way of saying "man up." But it's something that I had to go through myself. Was take responsibility. You know what I mean, like that. There is situations where you have to take responsibility, as I said, whether it's a breakup or you're depressed or, you know, you're not feeling motivated or, you know, whatever it is that's going on around you. Like, you need to take responsibility and make a change, because if it's something that's a negative in your life, the only person who can change that is you. You know what I mean? Like, Mm. and that can apply to so many different things, like rather than pointing the finger and blaming other things, whether again like just come back to those things i said like say a relationship or mental health or something like that it's very easy to kind of point point the fingers and be like oh like i'm like this because or this happened to me because when in reality there's probably a lot that you can do to change that situation but you just haven't had that conversation with yourself and i think that's something a lot of people struggle to do is is have conversations with themselves and people will push out um are put to the side things that, you know, difficult, difficult thoughts or different things because they don't want to go through that and they don't want to um, acknowledge what's going on. So rather than deal with it, it just gets put to the side. And then and that's you do that for long enough and like you're going to end up struggling mentally. You're going to end up with, with problems in your life, regardless of of what it is. Mm. And doing that enough is going to lead to a negative
0: yeah and even like on on Leska, like we were talking there before we came on and even with myself i found myself slipping this year not mentally or anything like that but just slipping with drive and kind of the ambition that i had because i knew in 2021 you know i had all these things i was going starting my podcast i was going back to college you know doing another year um you know making myself more employable and things like that and once i finished the, the college course in may I decided to kind of start the business and stuff like that and it was going good. It's, it's still going all right, you know, um, but I found myself sleeping because I was working for myself. I could get to sleep in, you know, an extra hour and I'm, I'm, I'm a fucking dog for routine. Like, you know, when I was in college, I would get up at fucking five 30 or six, I'd go to the gym or go for a run and then I'd go to college and then I would work part time. Um, so I was in college probably, 10 or 15 hours a week and I was um, doing the podcast and then I was working probably 20, 25 hours a week and it suited me down to the ground because I didn't have a moment to rest whereas when the college finished this year there was nothing kind of tying me to reality or routine. You know, I could I could easily get up at fucking nine or ten stroll out of bed you know um, like in fucking dodgeball brush my teeth and milkshake you know, or shit like that you know, if I wanted Mm. to and I've noticed myself since since um june or july just slowly creeping into this really bad routine of like nothing tying me to real life so i realized then because the business i have isn't really um that time consuming i mean i can do it for a couple of hours a day and i kind of realized that i need to get an actual job or a career that ties me to real life and you know a lot of people um especially in today's world you know they're kind of looking for um the escape from the nine to five or you know the escape from you know the job that takes up a lot of time but i realized for myself that's what i kind of need to tie me to real life to actually get my shit together again because without it i kind of just flounder in kind of like kind of a, a space of just lack of ambition and you know so the less time i have to think and get stuff done, the the better I perform. So I'm actually like, you know, I've done a couple of interviews there the last couple of weeks and I've actually got an offer for a job. Um, So I'm actually starting, I think, unless they find anything stupid in my background, which they won't, I don't think. Um, I'm starting down the new year, but it was just like you said it was it kind of took me to realize in kind of october november i noticed that i was slipping and you know there was just a laziness creeping into my life and stuff like that so i kind of just had to fucking address myself and like have that conversation where you're like you're kind of getting fucking lazy man you're you've stopped all the good things you're doing your podcast and things you've just gotten into a rut, and i was blaming my business i was like oh yeah if, if i get another client or something i'll 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 um I'll do more podcasts, you know, to put me at ease. But I was just finding excuses not to do it, you know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, just accountability, man, like you were mentioning there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just once you kind of accept that, that you need to take responsibility, man. Everything, everything will start moving forward again, because, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that's something that everyday people kind of struggle to do. And that's why a lot of people, not solely why, but part of the reason why a lot of people end up, you know, being in the same position in three years' time than they're in now.
0: Mm. You no, know? yeah, yeah, that's an absolute fact, lad. So I suppose back to your 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 um fitness journey. Um, when was the? Because you were obviously kind of always fitnessly inclined, because you know, since you were a young lad. So when did the? What year? or What age was the the change from? fitness to bodybuilding now I know they're the same but you know yeah. fitness to to bodybuilding I want to grow I want to you know yeah would have been I
1: would have been 21 21 so I was like newly the manager of Ben Dunn and one of the lads that I worked with in Ben Dunn he was a personal trainer there he was into bodybuilding and that was the first kind of exposure I had had to the bodybuilding world and um, so I was trained with him for a bit and that kind of sent me down on that path and like it was very very quick after that you know what I mean soon after that I heard a coach who was helping me with bodybuilding and um, you know started taking steroids too early you know I wasn't you know that was my lesson that I learned from that and um, got into the steroids started doing like you know was very quickly into the online coach and all that so it was very like boom 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 mm. and I was when I, I was just before I turned 24 is when I stopped so it was only you know pretty much three years like yeah and um, three years where i was doing it and it was it, it just felt like the whole thing was like that if you get me it was just very very fast paced moving and then a very quick drop very as well down.
0: yeah did you when you were <clears throat> going into the bodybuilding was like obviously that that industry is is kind of reliant like you, you there's no such thing as an olympia athlete without that doesn't take steroids or you know a bodybuilding athlete really that doesn't take steroids um but was did you did you know that that was gonna be did you know that that was going to be involved at the time did you know that you were going to have to take steroids you know you're you're new entering into it and we, let's just say for argument's sake you're kind of naive you're like I, I want to be bodybuilding and like most people say oh I'm going to be natural did you know really or did you kind of go in naively like oh no she, I
1: no, I knew I knew I was going to be taking steroids from the start. It was just a matter of when, which is, again, why I jumped into it too early, because I remember my mindset at the time and looking back on it, it's it's so messed up. But again, I was young. Do you know what I mean? I, did, I didn't really know, know much. But my mindset at the time was like, right, as you said, like everyone who is bodybuilding takes steroids. If I wait, then all I'm doing is I'm going to be behind. I'm, I'm starting behind all of these people who are on it now. you get me and there's like i remember there in particular there was like one one fella i had in mind in the gym and he like we started going to the gym around the same time but he jumped on steroids way before i did and just blew up and then it was kind of like i had this thing in my head we're like right i'm I'm getting left behind here so i i did jump into it a bit too too early Mm
0: -hmm. and did um like from your point of view do you remember as a 21 year old did you see any negativity in it? Like did you know there were negatives associated with it? Or were you just like, this is what I need to do to become big and to to not fit in with the community, but to actually make waves in the community, I suppose, to become good at bodybuilding?
1: Yeah, like um I knew there was I knew there were side effects, but like anything, and this like this is something I've kind of talked about through my TikTok content and stuff like that as well. At the time, steroids was like right okay if I'm I I know people kind of get a bit grumpier I can I can deal with that whatever the acne side of things like the extreme stuff my mentality was okay that's one in a million person that's going to happen to you know that that's not going to happen to me and then I ended up being that one in a million person who had an extreme case but I think you see that through everything not just steroids like people going out taking coke taking pills at mm. the weekend you know what i mean they're like oh you know what i mean what are the odds this is going to be a bad one oh, yeah. and you never, you never think it's going to be you until it's you you yeah. know what i mean so i suppose that gave me such a change perspective on my life in the sense that i would have always said i would have always thought i was invincible you Know what I mean? Burn that boat, and you know what I mean? Going out at the weekend, like taking drugs, then taking steroids, and you know, I was just it was just an unhealthy lifestyle, man. But yeah. I had that like young fella mentality of nothing is going to kill me, yeah. and that whole steroid thing kind of changed my, my eyes to that. Like, I, I stopped taking drugs, and like, even stuff like stop taking uh, steroids, stop doing sunbeds, all these kind of things that are like you know you hear of you know you know there's something bad but you never think it's going to be you who the bad thing happens to
0: yeah that's actually it's kind of funny because i suppose when you're in college you're introduced to or even younger some people and especially now actually because i know of a lot of younger people that are doing it but even if you're doing coke or pills or whatever like as when you're going out and you kind of do get this air of invincibility about you you know because you might think oh fuck it you know like i've done this so this isn't going to kill me or you know i've done fucking md so coke isn't going to kill me or you know but it's like you fucking you don't know it at all really like it's such a fucking lottery um but it's kind of funny because that probably do you reckon that that kind of influenced you and made you more kind of like oh sure i've done all this stuff like and this hasn't fucking killed me or hasn't provided any or given me any bad side effects really you know like i'll have a hangover on a sunday morning but like that's the worst that comes of it we all skag or whatever you know it's not it's it's not a big deal um do you think that that made you more open to trying something that you potentially didn't know everything that you were putting into your body
1: yeah, it's a, that's that's a really good question, man, because, you know what, I've never actually thought about it, but now that you are saying it, it probably did have some form of of influence over it without me even realising. Um, Like, as I said, all those, you know what I mean, going through college and stuff like that, like the three-day benders and stuff like that, and you come out of it and you're like, yeah, you know what, I feel a bit shit, but I'm still here, I'm still yeah, standing. i going to get a chicken you know roll
0: know? and a can of Coke and do it again, yeah. you
1: know, like exactly man but yeah no that that is a really good question and to answer it yeah i i I would say it had some sort of influence on it
0: yeah because like i i know myself from when you're in college like you do get this fucking air of like you know invincibility that nothing's gonna hurt me and even with you know everyday things it's like um you know if, if you're scraping by in class and stuff like that it's like oh i'm i'm doing enough to get by now and you know and i'm passing away that's all i need to do and then you fucking fail an exam and it's like shit, I didn't think that this was going to happen to me. Like, I'm fucking me. I shouldn't be fucking failing in an exam. Uh, mm. So, so yeah, it's it's kind of the bravado mentality. And it certainly it certainly kind of leaves you when you get a kick in the balls, doesn't it?
1: Absolutely, man, absolutely. My, it, my whole life changed, you know what I mean, significantly. Yeah. And, you know what I mean, again, going back to what I said earlier, everything happens for a reason. And, you know what I mean, like, I'm one of the, I suppose... Everyone could look at me and say, "Geez, he's really unlucky that 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 happened to." Him. But I I look at it as a blessing in disguise. You know what I mean? I'm one of the lucky people who had such bad reaction on the outside that I was able to be like, "Okay, you know what? I need to stop doing this." Whereas a lot of people, it's on the inside and you don't know about it until it's too late.
0: Okay, yeah, that's actually true. And I suppose like um, you were a very useful um guinea pig for, for you know I'm not trying to insult you but you are a useful guinea pig for young people that might be close to you and you mightn't even know it you know there's probably lads getting into the gym now and maybe they're surrounded with people in the bodybuilding industry and maybe they'll make whether it be a correct or in, incorrect decision you know everyone's business is their own as to whether they do steroids or not um mm. but just to be more careful about it and i um, not saying that you were not careful like I, I don't know like what what your process was when you were kind of getting into it but if you are you know i suppose deal with someone i'm not i'm not sure how does the industry work is there like vetted professionals that you can go to and talk to it talk to about starting steroids in ireland i don't know is there
1: um so you're pretty much looking at your online coaches um and you're looking at obviously the people who take it themselves to to do it now whether these people are um what's the word whether they're in a position to be given advice or not is another thing but yeah. that kind of comes down to your own um your own research into the person and being able to kind of call the, the bullshit because a lot of people can make themselves sound uh, smart on social media you know use the big words and um all that but when you actually go to have a conversation with them you know what i mean they don't know much at all
0: yeah
1: um so yeah but like Like you were saying there with with the steroids and stuff and being a guinea pig and and all that, it kind of comes back to what I was saying earlier on. Like I I didn't do that for a long time. Um, you know, there was a good year there where I just kind of pretty much dropped off social media, wasn't really putting anything out there, just wanted to hide about it, forget it had for or forget that it ever happened. This was after I pulled out of the prep in kind of like a year from then on, which brought me up to when I made the TikTok. And that is when again it was a time in my life where I decided I need to start taking some responsibility and something that could have been a huge, well, was a huge negative in my life. I managed to turn a positive spin on it, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And, and use it to kind of help people. But again, that was down to me having that conversation with myself, accepting that, you know, this shitty thing is after happening. I can either sit back and, you know what I mean? Hope that, the life around me improves or I can go out and, and do something about it. And, you know, where like that doesn't have to be going on and making a, a, a TikTok or, you know what I mean, being this big social media head. But like, you know, I, I've had people who have come onto my podcast and, you know, they've gone through stuff that I would have never known about. But their way of kind of putting a positive on it is by telling their story, sharing it and, you know, hopefully helping some other people to, to get through something similar now whatever your method is of doing it but there there is always something that you can do to turn a negative into a positive whether Mm. you know yeah
0: yeah do you can we go can we go more into the steroids there now because like i'm completely dumb to this so what what are the main okay let's talk about positives first because there is positives and negatives with almost everything. Like even smoking is good for some illnesses. There's like three or four illnesses that smoking actually helps with. Like, I think it's like Tourette's and stuff. It actually stops tremors and or whatever they're called. But what are the net positives, if there are any, with steroids?
1: Yeah, of course. Like there, there is loads. And before I get into this, I want to make it very clear that like I am not anti-steroids. Like I'm very aware that what happened to me was an extremely rare case and it's not going to happen to everyone. Um my mission is to just kind of tell my story and people can kind of take from that what they want. Yeah. Um so yeah, I just wanted to make You're that not advising
0: clear. or disadvising, you're just giving yeah. what, your story.
1: Exactly. And again, I'm not anti-steroids, I'm not anti-bodybuilding or whatever. Like, and yeah, I suppose that something i like to make very clear because when i did start doing this i got you know a lot of people jumping in my throat and stuff course, being like, yeah. saying these things whatever But anyway back to your question positives of taking steroids so number one like obviously you're you're going to grow quicker like you're going to get bigger faster. And, um, you know, you feel unreal off it. You feel invincible. And um, like literally when you're training, like you feel like you run through a wall. You're getting these unbelievable pumps that you like you never would have gotten as a natural. And your numbers are progressing week to week. And, you know, it's all great. And that can very much be used to promote your business you know what i mean Mm. if you have a dream of of being a bodybuilder um, you know what i mean these are it's a useful tool to get you to where you want to go and same with with business if you're an online coach you're like you're you're looking at being in shape and stuff like that and, and putting it out like it is a useful tool um, but you need to weigh up the pros and cons to it and you need to make that decision which is something that people don't do they did like they look at the wrong reasons they like i want to get big so i can fill out my t-shirt and you know look good at the weekend and and pull three girls you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. that's they're like the wrong reasons for getting into it and that is where i would be against steroids but in a in a bodybuilding uh, scenario if you're looking at competing if this is your career something like that then yeah it can be used as a positive tool Um, and but the bit of advice i will give to people who are doing it for these reasons is just do your research beforehand make sure you hire someone who is educated on the topic who can guide you through it and don't be going off what people say on the internet um get your bloods done take your health supplements and yeah
0: like is there is there positive like cuz i know that, like um we'll say career progression and um getting big and getting the pump is kind of three of the main one kind of ones that we touched on there is there actual any health benefits to doing steroids i know there is at like when you're actually older like 30 or 40 when your testosterone and stuff starts to actually decline i know that it's actually it's definitely not frowned upon to to take testosterone at that age or it's not like if you're yeah no starting so to- that-
1: that so that that's what's called TRT and mm. that is so basically TRT is when you are injecting so sorry, before I go into that, when you start injecting testosterone, your body stops producing it naturally. So your testosterone range is what you're putting into your body. After you're finished, you need to do what's called PCT. And that is pretty much, uh, PCT stands for post-cycle treatment. And that is getting your body to pre reproduce testosterone and trying to get it back to those levels that, that you were before. So when you start injecting testosterone and People are using it for TRT for some reasons, like if they are genetically like produce low amounts of testosterone. Um, yeah, definitely it has a time and its place. Or when you get older, it has a time and its place because you are staying within your physiological range, which is the range that normal people would be in. Um and yeah, that so that definitely does have a time and place, but that's not what bodybuilding is. You're pushing past these extremes. Now you can get your bloods done. You can make sure everything is, is in check and stuff like that. Um, but It's still, you know what I mean? You're, you're still abusing, not abusing steroids, but you know, taking more than, than what you should be to be in that category where you need to be, to progress as fast as you, you need to.
0: Yeah. To, to get to the point where you can compete with these fucking giants on stage. And you know, yeah, 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 Mm. I get you. So if you're actually using steroids, for the intended purpose of actually becoming an athlete in this sport. It's not healthy, really.
1: Yeah. Now, again, this is completely person dependent. You know what I mean? Like some people react different to certain doses. Some people um, can get away with taking a lot less. Some people, you know what I mean, approach their goals a little bit better. It's completely person dependent. But uh, for the majority, I would say it is quite unhealthy.
0: Okay, and so so that kind of brings us on to what are the main like aside from like you know your own experience, what would be the main kind of big health negatives associated with uh, steroid juice? Yeah, well, like
1: obviously, there's your internal organs taking damage, your heart, your liver, your kidney, and like that's kind of the main thing that I think everyone overlooks that you know you really really shouldn't mm. you know what i mean like and if yeah like what what what's the point in having a fucking unreal ferrari sitting in the driveway if the engine is rotten and barely works mm. you know what i mean like that's it, it's of no good to you like you're you need to look after your health and stuff like that so obviously that that is one i think one thing as well that a lot of people will I've had my eyes open to it. Now, this is, again, my own, like, my own personal opinion from what mm. I've seen. But like when I stepped out of the bodybuilding world, came off taking steroids and stuff like that, it made me realize how much it was affecting the way I think, who, like okay. my ego, like everything. Now, what would have seemed completely normal to me at the time, it, the best way to describe it is, you know, when you go out, And the night out, you drink way too much. You get way like you make a fool of yourself. You're shouting at people, causing arguments, and you wake up the next morning and you're like, "Oh my god! Like what? How how did I think that that was okay? Or why 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 did I think to say that?" That's what coming off steroids was like for me. When I I was looking back on it, being like, "Oh my god! Like was that actually me? Like I and I remember thinking these things and you know having my opinions on stuff and and all that." But yeah. when I came out with that, everything changed mm. and oh, it was it was crazy.
0: Yeah, Jesus. It just tells you how susceptible we are to hormones and like the, the kind of how much they govern our decisions, because we all know with girls and their menstrual cycle and the pill, you know, they say that like you get different moods or, you know, like, you know, and that's kind of, I suppose, for men, we kind of look at it, you know, and crudely say oh it's their time of the month you know they always act like this or some you know they make some brash comment like but it's kind of i suppose it's kind of similar like you know because you're dosing yourself with uh, a hormone um and i'm sure there's more to it like but i'm kind of just simplifying it in my own head but of course it is because if you're coming off this and you're getting your body back to its natural equilibrium yeah, I must give you an awful lot of fucking clarity. Like were did you were the decisions you were making at the time when you were when you were on the steroid cycles they they seemed perfectly normal to you when you were when you were making these decisions, but when you came off you were like what in the fuck was I doing kind of thing.
1: Yeah, like and it wasn't even so much like big life decisions. It was like how I spoke to my ex like when I had a disagreement with someone, how I approached the situation um, I feel it made me very close minded mm. and I was very reluctant to take other people's points of view in. It was just what I was feeling. And and that was that. And that that was right. Super no matter alpha what. mode. <laughs> yeah, literally like that. That is what it is like. It's just super alpha mode. And like, um yeah, I remember just having disagreements with people and like feeling like, how could anyone in the world not agree with my side of this story? yeah, and then looking back on it then after I'm like, oh my God, like what was going through my head at that time. and um, so it was more kind of things like that, um having very little patience with people online other other coaches and stuff online i used to be quite vocal quite outspoken and i'd like would have called people out on bullshit at the time but again it was a mixture of like steroids my own insecurity all this kind of stuff that like was was fueling that um and yeah it was just kind of small little things like that
0: yeah you mentioned the insecurity there but was was one of the main reasons you started like fitness and the gym because you were insecure, because you, you didn't seem like you were insecure before when you were talking about it, were you insecure when you started getting into gym in general, or was it only when you started to get into the bodybuilding and the cycling that this kind of started to rear its head?
1: That's another good question, man. Um, That is a good question. So I would have always kind of prided myself as uh, on having a good physique. You know, um, even before I I, uh, got into the bodybuilding and and stuff like that, um, I always kind of, like, took care of myself, exercised all that. So it wasn't, I wouldn't say so much insecurity from that point, more ego. Mm. Um, Yeah, I I would say it was more ego of just kind of wanting to be, you know, the center of attention, like have all eyes on me and stuff like that. And it's funny now I'm after going the complete opposite way. Like, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it, it was just a complete 180. But I think where my insecurity came from was back to when I was a child and stuff. Um, I would have been bullied quite a lot and um, not, you know, for being fat or out of shape or anything like that. It was I was bullied because I'm mixed race. I'm half mm. Chinese. So my whole like, like my whole childhood, like and there's a lot of people who would have kind of like given me shit who I talk to now. And you know, it's completely different. It's completely different time we live in. But when you're children, when you're, when you're teenagers, anything, anyone that's anyway different, they're the ones who get, you know,
0: get,
1: get the shit. Right. So I suppose my whole life, I felt like I was trying to fit in no matter Mm. how, no matter how in like with, the fucking cool kids or whatever way you want to phrase it. Like I, I, I always had a good, good group of friends around me, you know, was never like, I, I would have been, you know, one of the, how to say it without sounding like a dickhead, but like, I, I always had friends growing up. Like I was one yeah. of the popular, popular people games, in school yeah, yeah. or whatever. And hope that doesn't sound fucking bad or whatever, but <laughs> looking back on it, it's kind of, you know, that that's how my childhood went. Like, I don't want people to kind of feel like I was this like little loser who was on my own getting picked on and stuff like yeah. that. It wasn't the case. It but growing up I was always that kind of want to fit in mm. you know what I mean and I I think that's kind of why I first got into the gym when I was like 15 because man I, I remember growing up like used to get in fights the whole time and like I used to say my group of people you know when you're, you're younger like and you could there could be 30 40 hanging around in the one group yeah, like, yeah. And there was there was another group in in tremor where I live, and they like there was kind of two big groups, and if there was ever a fight, like I was the person who was getting a slap for no reason, just because I was that little bit different, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I suppose um that's what got me into the gym originally. um but when I got to college and that like I suppose that insecurity kind of started going away when I kind of came out of of tremor and started making my own friends and stuff. and then it was more kind of like an, an ego thing from there.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting, like, because when we were even talking earlier in the conversation, you were saying, and I actually know as well, because I remember in school, I was never into the gym in school, but I remember the lads that would go to the gym um, after school or whatever. And we'd kind of mock the shit out of them or whatever, like, and you mentioned as well that it was actually weird, you know, like people actually thought, Jesus, this fella going to the gym with his protein shake or steroids, Mm. like, you know, and so you actually even though you were, you said that you were kind of almost sensitive, or not sensitive, but um, you had this thing in your head that you didn't quite fit in. So you were still even doing something that made you even stand out more that you probably weren't even aware of, but you were still probably seeking a community that you could be part of, really.
1: Yeah, a community I could be part of, and um, I suppose that need to, ex- like that want, that drive to excel, I suppose, kind of comes from that, like, that from a young age kind of wanting to prove myself that I am equal to everyone. You mm. know what I mean? And and that, like, just because... Now, I know, obviously, as I said, when you get older, things change and your perspective changes. But I remember when I was younger, I just I just wanted to fit in like everyone else fit in. You know what I mean? And, you know, not... If someone was abusing me, it was for something proper, not just, oh, you're Chinese, you know, yeah, throwing up racist Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I suppose that's kind of where the bodybuilding thing came in, as I said, like I wasn't great in in school. I wasn't great in college and all that, like bodybuilding was the first thing that I was like, fuck, I could do really well in this. You know what I mean? I could go, I could go far in this and, and that's why it kind of took off the way it did. And, and all that, because I I was doing well at it and I was uh, putting in the effort that I wasn't putting in, in school or college or whatever, Mm. and finally excelling at something. And, uh, yeah, I suppose that's kind of where that came
0: from. Yeah. Um, so with the steroids again, because I, I we actually haven't even touched what what happened to you. So you had a really bad reaction, as in like so bad that you actually featured on the Joe Rogan show last week. Yeah. Um, they used you as an example of of steroids gone wrong. You'd you'd attack this better than me. Do you want to let people know? what your terrible side effect to it was.
1: Of course. So um, it was actually in the first lockdown. I got my first uh, bad breakout and I didn't even know what it was at the time. Um, It was just severe acne, like really bad acne. Um, Now, the first time I didn't get it on my face, it was just like a few small little ones here on my shoulder and then mainly down kind of around my mid back. And... That went on, no matter what I tried, it just, it it was not stopping. And then all of a sudden it just went away and I don't like, I don't know why and whatever, it just went away. It stopped. And then I had about nine months, six to nine months. I can't remember exactly of pretty much like, you know, clear skin. Now I had a few scars at this point from the first, the first outbreak. Then that brought us to December tw- or January twenty twenty one, I think that's when I started having my my second outbreak, and it was in a different place this time. So before it was down around like my mid back, and it started to come up around my shoulders, and down onto my arm. And then when I was in the UK on that trip, that's when I had like my third outbreak. So what would happen is, I'd start getting these spots, and they weren't they weren't spots, you know, like you get a pimple and it has a little white mm-hmm. head on it, you can pop it. They come up like big boils like it would be I don't know if you've seen the video like some like they'd literally be that big like um Mm -hmm. big massive boils that would come up and um they don't they don't pop. So it's just kind of there. So they were like really, really painful and then they just got worse from me living my life like every time because they were on my back and, and all that, like every time I sat against a chair, drove a car, slept in bed, you know, took off my T-shirt because the way it came out, they'd kind of be like wet, mm. like the yeah, the, yeah, kind of like moist. So what would happen is like whatever is pressed against my back would stick to stick to it and then when it came off it just peeled everything off and just ripped it open so because they were so extreme they never actually got a chance to heal because they were constantly just being ripped open and made bigger and bigger and bigger and then um, yeah that went on like it progressed on it was all over my face man like I got to the stage where like um I go in and I train and, you know, like the pressure at the end of a set where you're like, you're really squeezing hard, like yeah. that pressure buildup would cause everything to just explode. I remember being over in the UK training, like I was training legs one day doing a leg extension and I got up off the set and there was just blood just running all down my face, like from everything just like exploding. Jesus. And um, yeah, those formed into keloid scars then, which for anyone who doesn't know keloid scars are kind of like raised off the skin and um, it just feels like a really like keloid scar is what you get you know if you see if someone gets surgery and mm. they have like a big cut going down and then they have that kind of like raised scar yeah. um, wherever it is like that that's a keloid scar so i like that's what i have kind of like all over my body and yeah i suppose that was that was kind of my story
0: fucking hell man that like because i've seen the pictures and um I'm sure people are going to check you out anyway after listening to this, but like you were you you were still training through having these things on your back because I'm just thinking if you were doing a bench press or a shoulder press, like the fucking pressure on on them at all, like oh my man, god,
1: I used to hate push day because like you know it's all <laughs> chest, like Jeez. yeah, oh I hated it, man. And um, so like I suppose to get into that, like and one of the one of the most common things I get back. Um, from all these haters on TikTok, man, that's one thing I really realized. Is TikTok is rootless, rootless. Yeah. Like you get people saying all sorts of shit. But one of the most common thing is like, obviously I had three outbreaks. It was like, why the fuck did you not stop? I suppose like to kind of touch on that a little bit, because we didn't know what it was at the time. Every every time we tried something new, we thought we had figured it out, you know, and then. By the time you realize that okay this has come back up again it's too late mm. you know it, it it's too late so um yeah like as I said it was just' when... I'm trying to and trying to kind of sum it up in a way like as I said everything was moving so fast pace like my business was after taking off I had went from you know struggling for money my whole not struggling for money but like never had like you know a lot of money there to, yeah. to play with anything like that Um, wasn't like particularly rich or poor growing up. So as soon as I started making like good money and stuff like that, I was getting all this attention on Instagram. Then I went over, done that trip in the UK. You know what I mean? That they, they were all big things. I had built my YouTube around bodybuilding podcast and um, my business, everything was just around bodybuilding. So it wasn't as easy as just stopping and coming away from it because I It would, I did do it would that, impact
0: even, a lot.
1: I had, man, I had to start my life from scratch. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Everything, my business, my podcast, I haven't gotten around to the YouTube again. Like even I lost a lot of friends. I fucking, do you know what I mean? Like my, everything that I was working so hard towards was all of a sudden just flipped upside down and, and I had to start again. You know, and it took, I knew that that was going to be the case if I stopped. And I suppose that is why, I kept going for so long because Mm. I had, I couldn't accept that in my head of like,
0: you probably did not have another option at the time. It wasn't really an option. It was stay going or like lose everything kind of, I suppose in your mind was it Yeah. And, and
1: and that was it, man. And as I said, like when I had this thing of like, I'd never been good at anything in my life. All of a sudden I was excelling in this thing. You know what I mean? Being, being one of the, one of the th- like one i would have been known as kind of one of the up-and-coming bodybuilders in ireland and, and stuff like that like at the time and do you know what i mean just having to step away from all that and call it quits like how how do you do that like and mm. um, took me a long time it took me until i was pretty much brought to an ultimatum that i stopped you know what i mean yeah
0: did you like when you first started getting the acne and the boils or, or yeah, I suppose they were probably, you know, raised boils or something Were they more than a spot mm. like they're they're actually staggering to see, to be honest. But did you did you seek out medical help when or were you like, if I go to the doctor, I know what they're going to say. So was it like I'll just try and s- a different cycle of something else?
1: Yeah, so um, I had had a I had had a bad experience with a GP once when I went to get my bloods done. Excuse me, and um, that really turned me. That really turned me off the Irish healthcare system
0: mm-hmm.
1: for that kind of stuff, because it wasn't just me. Like, obviously, I've coached a lot of people. I used to network with a lot of people, and the number one thing that came back is as soon as you say the words steroids. To 95% of doctors. I'm not going to say everyone because I have found a good one since that. And um, it's just they have their nose turned up against you. The first time I sought proper medical advice, I got referred into who was labeled to me at the time as the top dermatologist in the country um, up in Dublin went up to him, you know, I got my hopes up and, and I was like, right, okay, this, we can finally, like, get an answer to this. And it was just the most anticlimactic thing ever. Like, just straight away, as soon as I walked in, had a, an attitude with me because I was on steroids. Didn't want to help me at all. Like, just kept saying, stop taking steroids, stop taking steroids, stop taking steroids. Whereas I was going up trying to learn what is happening to me so that I can understand it better. Yeah. Um, now, to be fair, like I did need to stop taking steroids. You know yeah. what I mean? That that that's what I needed to do. Um but when you're going up and you're asking questions, you're looking for information, and you just know like they're holding back information just because you're you're taking steroids. Like it 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 was hard. It was hard and I paid a lot of money for that consultation and stuff, you know. Um so it was mostly online coaches, because what I did also realize is Educated, experienced online coaches are going to have a lot more knowledge about steroids than doctors, mm. and 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 that's was the, like that's a fact. I still stand by this to to this day. Like you know, and yeah. um, there's some really really intelligent scientific, so, yeah, science based approach coaches out there who know their shit and and can actually give you sound advice with this kind of stuff. Whereas I've yet to meet a doctor who who can who can have a conversation about it.
0: Yeah, I was, I was actually thinking that because my next question, like, and you, you kind of answered it there was, what was the attitude of the doctor? Because I, I presume like, you know, because I would imagine for doctors, like it must be a pain in the ass dealing with, you know, alcoholics or, you know, like people that just come in that are refusing like to improve their situation. But I've never heard of someone um that went to the doctor, you know, in, in regards to steroid use. And I kind of, I was kind of thinking in my head, I was like, they'd probably not be too, um, they wouldn't give you much pity or, you know, um, they probably wouldn't, yeah, they wouldn't pity you too much because in their eyes, you're a perfectly normal, smart human being and you're not, um, you're not, you're not impeded by the same voice as an alcoholic or a drug addict as in your mind isn't fucked Mm. or, you know, but, I suppose in a way like you you're doing yeah it's it's hard to know why they why, like because doctors are always supposed to be impartial you know there's like it's in their their oath is to help someone um and I don't know like surely they have some betting in psychology that telling someone with the issue that you know like they don't tell an alcoholic stop drinking stop drinking stop drinking when they come in
1: yeah they it's probably just, it's, give them
0: the tools to try and stop drinking you know
1: it it, it shows man it like i really do think it's a, a generational thing Um, like a lot of the doctors that you will be going to like they're not going to be people in their 20s you know what i mean it, it's kind of the i don't even know what what age you can actually start like prac like properly yeah doctor, when you're specializing
0: but... you're probably uh, at the very youngest you're probably 35 or 40 like you know if you're yeah
1: and, and to relate it back, like, to drugs, you know what I mean? If you mention cocaine to, you know, 50-year-old Mary down the road, you know what I mean? All, automatically, she's, like, they have this opinion of it. Because mm. growing up now compared to growing up in the 60s we're com- was completely different, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, we're exposed um, to a
0: lot more, kind of. Like, yeah,
1: we are yeah we are exposed to a lot more, and it's much more normalized, like, you know. um, And I think... Like steroids in the fitness industry is like, it's like you know when you're younger and you have this opinion of like drugs are bad, don't do drugs, stay away from drugs. It's just bet into you, and then you start going out on nights out, and you're like, wow, okay, everyone does cocaine. <laughs> you yeah, know yeah. I mean? mom and dad weren't right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's the it's the same way. Same when you get into in, into the fitness industry, like you know it's it's much more common. Well, I think I think it has been kind of it's kind of common knowledge now how, how common it is, but like two, two years ago, three years ago, it was, it was very different. Like,
0: yeah, yeah. That, that's an absolute, um, fact. It's, it's, um, do you think, is, is there like any sort of like, um, because realistically, like they're doing, they're doing all these things like across Europe and, and Ireland, I think that like, you know, trying to make it more safe for, drug addicts to take drugs. And I'm not putting like steroid users into the same category. Well, I kind of am, I suppose. Mm. Uh, but, you know, is it a thing that you think that there should be like a, a like a kind of a designated now? I know the Department of Health like are never going to finance um steroid use, you know, or healthy steroid use properly because there's probably not a big enough need in their eyes, because how many people that are doing steroids actually turn up to the doctors in Ireland, you know? Um, with an issue but is it something that you think would be a very good you know advancement As if there was if you could go to a designated doctor or even if GPs had better knowledge on how to how to deal with someone that's taking steroids and actually inform them of inform them of the risks they're taking and now I know you can get her off the online coaches but you know from you know a, a health professional. Is is it something that you think would be beneficial to younger lads like if or, or girls?
1: Absolutely, man. Like it's the same same goes for everything. Like you like this stuff is going to happen regardless. You know what I mean? And that's why there is like needle banks for in Ireland for people who need to go and, and, and get their needles. You know what I mean? I'd rather, you know, come in, get it off us, deposit it safely, and that like that way you're not using dirty needles. You know what I mean? It's the mm. same thing with, with, with steroids, like and I think it's just not as big of a of an issue yet, um, for to be putting attention and stuff on. But if you provide a safe, trustworthy environment, people are going to be more like people are going to do it anyway. Mm. But you know what I mean? It's just a difference of whether you have somewhere safe that you can trust to go and 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 do what you need to do, or if you need to, you know what I mean? Be yeah, trying to figure out how to do it yourself, even down to the actual like production of testosterone. Like in America, if you if you are like they they throw out T R T doses like really easy over there. Like mm-hmm. your your testosterone like would be what we'd class as normal here, but in America you can get prescribed T R T. You know what I mean? And then it's all pharmaceutical grade, um, it's all pharmaceutical grade testosterone, and you know what I mean. You can get your needles, you can get your wipes, all this like it, and you get your bloods done, and um, even in the U K. There's loads of, of uh, companies that do like blood drives. They come around in like a little van. They'll take your your bloods and and get you your, your stuff and give you advice on it, whereas there's not really anything like that here. So, you know, everyone is just trying to figure out how to do it themselves. And especially young people coming up now who are trying to get into it. Like, again, going back to what I said earlier on, it was like getting into it for the wrong reasons. I can say that all I want, but people are still going to go against my advice and yeah. do it anyway. So you can either like say if a young fella came to me and he was like, oh, I'm, I'm after starting taking steroids. Uh, what do you think about this, this, this? Like, I have two options there. I can be like, okay, if I tell this fella to, to not take steroids, he's probably going to do it anyway. So if I turned around to him and I was like, no, you shouldn't be taking steroids. I'm not helping you." He's just going to go and, and try find it somewhere else. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Which could be, could be the wrong information. It could be the wrong person that he goes. The next person after me could... Send it completely wrong. And I suppose it's the same with the, the healthcare system. And that's what the Irish GPs and stuff are doing is like, okay, we're refusing to provide help. So now they have to go off and you know try and figure it out for themselves. Yeah. So to go back to your question, yeah, absolutely. I do think that there should be stuff to help people with this.
0: Yeah, that's it's interesting too, as well. Like, because I don't like it's not like uh fucking every second person is gonna be taking steroids because like the, the the truth of it is a lot of people don't even like how bodybuilders look, just like how they don't like how a soccer player looks. You know, if a bodybuilder thinks a soccer player is a weak wimp and a soccer player thinks these guys are freaks of nature, you know, like, or it's just difference of opinion, like, because it's like making it legal or even making it accessible to people I want it isn't going to make it every Tom Dick and Harry do it. Like, you know, I probably drink, I'd say, once every fucking i don't know once every month or something like i'm not big into drinking at all anymore just because i get a really bad hangover but it's mm. perfectly legal to do so and perfectly accessible for me to go fucking drinking every weekend but i don't do it because i don't necessarily like it i like having to crack with the lads or you know going out with my girlfriend like i like that and you know mm. i like being drunk but i don't like how it makes me feel after so like you know it's it's like making something accessible to people or making um you know, resources accessible to people isn't necessarily going to drive the use of it up. And it's probably going to do the opposite anyway, because people find their fucking thing and stick with it anyway.
1: Yeah. But like even alcohol, like if you look at, look at alcohol compared to other drugs, alcohol compared to weed, for example, one is legal and one is not legal. The only difference is alcohol came around a lot sooner than any other drugs. So it was legalized. So now society looks at it differently to other drugs. You know what I mean? So it's accepted with some and it it's it's accepted with it's not accepted by kind of the, the, the norm people. But that is literally because society is telling you this is bad. You yeah. know what I mean? It's the same same with steroids is like people look at steroids as like this is bad. Now, again, like they, they are bad, they are they are harmful, but it doesn't need to be as bad as or as harmful as it is just because people are refusing to help.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like, there's... And to be bluntly honest and perfectly honest, like, there's fucking most sports are dirty anyway. You know, like... Like, you're kidding yourself if you think, like, that sports people in other sports aren't using PEGs of some sort, like, you know, so it's...
1: But it's even just, you,
0: even coming away from
1: the PED side of things, like, people look at steroids and be like, that's bad for you. Don't, don't do that. Why would you do that to yourself? But the same people will flick on the UFC and watch people get their head battered off them, which is probably doing just as much, if not more damage, like in the long term. But again, it's what society has decided is acceptable and what is not acceptable.
0: Yeah, and even more so than UFC, there's boxing, which is the most dangerous of all, because in that, you're allowing someone to basically get knocked out. You give them the chance to get up, which they're probably concussed, and you give them a 10 count and they're allowed to have 10 seconds to rest and probably sort out their concussion to some extent stand up get knocked as many times as they want you know at least in the UFC you're down and you're you're ground and pound and it's you know Herb Dean jumps in and fucking knocks you off you know it's done you're allowed you I know it the cuts and stuff make it look more gruesome and probably more dangerous but for longevity wise boxing is probably even way worse because it's all to the head and the, you know, I forget what that fucking thing is there where that brain fiber start to fucking fry or whatever, but yeah. Mm. So, and I suppose, look, there's not much time left, but, um, um i'll go on to your podcast like do you do you want to tell me a bit about um what your podcast is and the kind of um the route you're going with that now because i know you you were initially it started as um a fitness podcast what direction are you going to now
1: yeah so like obviously like fitness is is my background and stuff like that i don't think it will ever lose that like little bit of fitness um touch to it but it started off as like purely a fitness podcast, but I am going di- more down the direction now of mindset and like people hearing about people's life struggles, how they deal with it. And like, I want to open my market of who can listen to my podcast from people who are into fitness to, you know, people who are going through everyday struggles, people who've gone through trauma, people who've gone through addiction, people who struggle with mental health and um, like bad breakups, all this kind of stuff like I want your your average joe who never comes out who never breaks out of their town to be able to listen to my podcast and and take something from it Mm. and that's that's the i suppose the restructure that's going on at the moment but um it's still very much in in the process
0: yeah and you are moving in a couple of weeks are you you're you're going down to Bali is it
1: yeah flying flying to Bali so i'm just going out on my own don't know anyone over there and just absolutely winging it
0: that's that's fucking commendable as well because you were on the boat as well that you're going um hopefully switching to the to the more in-person model with the podcast which means you are going to fucking that is kind of the goal i suppose of every podcaster really is to have a studio or have an have a space where they can go to and actually meet these people um in the flesh and actually there's probably no better place for the type of people you're seeking out than Bali. i mean people go there and, you know, like a lot of kind of nomads and, you know, people that are trying to redeem themselves and stuff. So you mm. probably have a good pool to pick from there anyway.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of the main thing I'm looking forward to uh, to with that is like networking, you know what I mean? Getting out there, networking with people from, from other countries. And you know what I mean? Bali is one of those spots that is full of just remote workers, you know, whether you're an online coach or online, you're an online something if you're working in mm. Bali, because the wage there like it's a third world country it's a very poor country you know what i mean so like you can't go there and just work in a bar you can't go yeah. there and just like get a job in a cafe because i think the average wage works out at like 50 euro a month for the people who live there you know what i mean so you know you're not you're not yeah, you're yeah. not going there to, to live a high life
0: and realistically like if you go over there and you're living like a king or you are you will be living like a king really because you'll have your fucking your online coaching business like mm. and you fucking be paying especially with Ireland prices now man you're fucking you are saving a serious bomb while you are living over there as well like that's the thing
1: absolutely man and it's weird like you know there is some things are more expensive some things are the same some things are cheaper but as a whole it is a much cheaper place to live like I got my I just Airbnb'd my first month's accommodation and that was 580 euro for 33 nights the same night I booked that I looked at booking two nights in Dublin just to compare and it was 40 euro cheaper for the 33 nights in Bali than it was for two nights in Dublin.
0: And it is probably a grand fucking type of a villa thing oh, as well. Like
1: yeah, it, it's grand, I have my own pool, like it, it it's it's slick, you know what I mean? But then my gym membership, I priced that up yesterday. Like I'm gonna be paying now. I, I'm joining two gyms, I'm joining an MMA gym and I'm joining a normal gym as well. Like that's coming to 220 euro a month. Mm. you know what i mean whereas here what do you pay 30 quid a month, 40 quid oh, a month okay. for the gym so membership,
0: like... 200 quid yeah that's saucy enough they know they know that all the fucking fitness influencers and stuff are out there fucking doing their thing so they can charge one an arm and leg that's it
1: man that's it like alcohol is the same but then like every pretty much everything else is is significantly cheaper
0: yeah how how are you gonna because i know you got that fucking you got did you get di- you didn't get diagnosed with glaucoma, but you were you were told no. that you're at high risk of it or something.
1: Yeah. So when when I had di- like this outbreak, one of the things I don't know if you've seen on my my Instagram and stuff, like my face, like I had a, a little thing in here that just blew up yeah. and like my whole eye like closed over and everything. So I went in to get scans on that. And when they were getting the scans done for that, like completely unrelated to what like they were looking for they noticed I have what's called um, enlarged discs in in my eye which is like a tell, telltale sign for for glaucoma and um, now when I went in so yesterday I went in got the scans done and stuff like that and they said to me that like I don't have it now but I'm at an extreme high risk of developing it at some stage you know glaucoma is something that normally like you get from when you're like 40 45 above you know what i mean i'm 25 now so i was i was kind of like wow like what's after going on here so there's like a number of like a number of things like i would if i had one guess i would i would say coming back to the whole steroids thing like i would imagine that was caused it because what glaucoma is is you have too much fluid in in your eye and um you know, there's there's a few different steroids that can that could have an effect like that. Um, but another one is also another thing that can bring it on is trauma,
0: mm. which,
1: you know what I mean, that yeah. was a, a rough time in my life. So I don't know what's after bringing it on. And to be honest, like, I don't... not You can't change really it now. can't change it, like, you know what I mean? It, it is what it is. So, but at the same time, I'm not putting my whole life on on hold just to, at the chance of that I might get something, you know what I mean? So I'll just be more conscious of it going forward and get tested for it regularly and Hopefully, sounds,
0: sounds yeah, hopefully. Good. hopefully, hopefully it'll steer clear of it. Um, I think that's a, probably a good place to finish. But do you have um, any advice for younger people, older people, anyone involved in fitness that want to get into podcasting, that want to get into business of any sort? Do you have any good advice that you've learned um through your trials and tribulations that you would? give to someone as um i suppose the, from the lessons you've learned
1: yeah absolutely so no matter what it is business podcasting starting in the gym you know what i mean anything it's an unknown territory you know it's something that you cannot plan for you cannot prepare for you don't know what it's going to be like so just do it like just start this just do it and you figure it out along the way you know what i mean you adapt to any situation, no matter what it is. So like my, my little cliche thing that I love tossing around is just become comfortable being uncomfortable mm. because when a situation is uncomfortable and you dive head first into it, you're going to stress. You're going to freak out. You're going to be, you know, all sorts until you become comfortable in that situation. Mm. So by just running that stuff head on, like you are forced to adapt. Like say, for example, me moving to Bali on my own, like I feel, I feel like through COVID and through working from online, one of the things I noticed about myself was I felt like I had become quite socially awkward in making like small talk and chit chat with people. I could have a, a deep conversation like we are now, no problem. But if I met someone at the bar, I'd struggle to make small talk. So when I booked Bali, I'm going over my own, don't know anyone over there. That's something that I'm uncomfortable with is like striking conversation with people. I don't know, but I'm putting myself in a situation where I have to learn and adapt to do it. And then that's something that I'm going to have again, going forward. And that's how you continuously move forward in life, no matter what it is as like, whether it's business or as a person or, you know, in relationships, stuff like that, like, if you just do what you're comfortable with, you're going to stay stagnant your whole life. Mm. Whereas, if you look at things that you want to do or that you aspire to do, and you just do it, you know what I mean. It works itself out. When I when I when I was starting online coaching, I man, I had, I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. Yeah. You know what I mean. I just just started doing it, and you figure it out along the way. When I, when I started working in Bendon on Gym, I had no idea what I was doing. You know what I mean? I'd never taught a class before. I'd never worked in a gym before. I was shit in college. But within a year, I was after making my way up to, up to a manager. Mm. But I suppose in saying all that, when you do jump into a situation, you have to be proactive. You know what I mean? So look, su- success leaves clues. That's a very mm. good thing for people to take. You know, if there's someone who's doing something that you want to do Ask questions. You know what I mean? Watch what they're doing, watch how they operate their day, watch their daily habits. And another another thing that I will say is any goal you have, whether it's physique, again, business, like what whatever, personal development, that end goal is just a byproduct of your everyday habits. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So if you you don't wake up and be like, right, I want to be a bodybuilder and start going to the gym and then all of a sudden it happens. You know what I mean? It's once you start moving towards something and you start being exposed to a certain environment or a certain situation, you start to realize, okay, this needs to change. You know what I mean? This this is something I was doing before that's no longer helping me towards where I'm going. This needs to come out and it needs to be replaced with something that's positive. And then over time, you just like your day just starts change in itself you know mm. what i mean like if someone signs on at me for coaching like obviously you don't go from like never going to the gym to being in good shape but i look at changing their daily habits so mm. you know what i mean rather than sitting down having a fag and a cup of coffee in the morning scrolling through your phone you know what i mean get up and go for a walk first thing in the morning you know what i mean you're increasing your activity or all, all that kind of stuff if you feel like if you're unmotivated and you've no energy to go to the gym I mean, Okay, let's start looking at improving your sleep so you have a little bit more energy throughout the day, you know, and it's just all these small little habits um, that you add in over time. And then eventually your whole your whole day is after changing, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And once you can start just doing that, and as I said, just being proactive at the time and you don't have to have everything figured out, you know what I mean? If you start a business or if you want to, I don't know, start going to the gym, whatever, you don't have to know everything straight away just start doing it and as I said you
0: just you figure it out along the way so yeah I think that that's an absolute fucking great way to end like no one has any fucking clue what they're doing we're all in the same boat like just keep fucking one percent every day one percent every fucking day
1: man another just last thing I'll say now is I think what stops people from doing these things is imposter syndrome everyone everyone has imposter syndrome man I have been to like as I said, I like I, I've been around people who have hundreds of thousands of followers on Instagram, you know, from the outside, they make they look like they have their life together and everyone would look at them as role models. But like I know they suffer from, from imposter syndrome, like that doesn't stop mm. the whole way up. So, you know, what I mean, just believe in yourself,
0: believe yeah. in yourself. That's fucking that's that's funny that you say that, because I, I have. I'd say I nearly talk about imposter syndrome with every second guest on the podcast because it's something I fucking I deal with myself but I kind of like you know and it's fucking comes out big for me after I go drinking you know like a couple of days after I'm like oh my god what am I doing everything I'm doing I'm failing at you know my podcast when in actual fact I'm doing probably a lot more than most other people would ever consider doing you know and it's something that I constantly think of myself it's like I've taken these chances to do these things like podcasts, start the business, you know, and yeah, there's things I could do better, of course, like, but I've taken the chance and at least I won't live with the regret of not trying them, you know, and that, that's kind of a thing for me, but it's funny that you brought up imposter syndrome because it's, it's, it's probably a killer of a lot of people's dreams, but it's also, if you use it as fuel, it's the best thing that you can ever use because it's like, I don't deserve the shit I have. So I have to work harder, you know, or, you know, so
1: exactly man Uh, exactly
0: yeah so i think that's a good way to end dave man that was an absolute pleasure having you on thanks for coming on and thanks for giving your time and um incredible fucking story and um do you want to drop your your social media handles there i'll share them in the bio of this but do you want to let people know your own social media handles there or whatever
1: yeah, so everything is just Dave Hartree, um, so Instagrams Dave Hartree podcast, Dave Hartree podcast, and um, my coaching Dave Hartree coaching, um, so you can get it all through my Instagram and stuff, and and thanks so much for having me on uh, for the chat today, I really appreciate it.
0: No problem, man. Cheers. Thanks, everybody.